This episode of Lash Boss Radio is brought to you by Paris Lash Academy. If you guys haven't heard of PLA, they are known for their pro-made fans. Even before uh, pre-mades, pro-mades were a thing and done well by a lot of companies, they were doing it right. They actually have their own manufacturing facility in Vietnam, and that is just next-level quality control, if you ask me. Um, I love PLA because uh, their team is just so incredibly generous and kind and sweet. Last year, I met them at the event that I threw with LashCast, which was the Las Vegas Lash Social, which was during IBS. We're doing it again this year, but um, I met them there and they were all like all smiles, all hanging out, just looked so happy to be together. And I just really liked that. I love that inside of a company. So They've got great quality products and their customer service is like unmatched. They're probably one of the most generous um, companies that I have come across. So thank you so much, PLA, for sponsoring today's episode. If you guys want to shop Paris Lash Academy, you can do so at parislashacademy.com and use code LASHBOSSRADIO for 15% off of your order. Thank you again, PLA, and here is today's episode. Radio. Today I am joined by someone who's been on the show before, twice actually, Leah Yuhas. She's actually over in Costa Rica right now in Living the Dream. I'm so excited to bring her back. Welcome back to the show, Leah. It's so good to be back. Thank you for having me on the show again. Of course. So, gosh, um, a lot has changed in your life, both professionally and personally, since you were last on. Can you just talk about that a little bit? Let's start there. Oh, how do I summarize the past like three years? (laughs) (laughs) Basically, I went from having a salon and being an international lash educator, training in-person trainings to giving up everything I've built since 2013 and moving to another country alone with my kids and starting everything from scratch. And the main reason I did that is because um, I wanted to live a life more aligned with my purpose, my soul's purpose, which is the reason why I named it my business Living in Alignment. So always anchoring that reminder and um, to show that the power that we have within us and what we can actually do with the right mindset and with those goals if we put the, the aligned actions towards them. So now I'm here in Costa Rica and I am focusing on helping other educators build themselves, helping other salon owners build themselves and um, really doing it with joy and ease this time around. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, it is. uh, Your background right now, for those who are not watching on YouTube, is incredible. It's just all of this foliage right behind her with a hammock. Looks so peaceful. Um, Walk me through a little bit of the mindset, the thought process behind kind of packing up everything that you had worked on, like you said, and just moving and just walk me through um, the biggest challenges that you were having mentally with that. It was a big, big, um, a lot of lessons along the way and a lot of like really like rock bottoms, I would say. But um, it all started with 
even before COVID, I was just burned out like 24-7. I was doing it all. I was, you know, not just running my business, but I have two kids, you know, for for those of you that don't know, and I'm a single mom. So it's just a lot of work. Like life was a lot of work. And I felt like I was constantly like on a hamster wheel with like no end in sight at all. And um, even though I love what I do, um, I was good at what I was do- what I was doing. It's just eventually like I that burnout, it made me lose all joy. You know, like I was a good educator. I have created numerous success stories in my career. It just it wasn't it for me anymore. Like I feel like the reason why I originally opened the salon was to kind of it was my exit strategy. I didn't really want to um, not necessarily be in the lash industry, but I didn't want to do what I was doing. So I opened up a salon and my goal was to build other educators to represent my brand um, and the business and everything was going according to plan and then COVID hit. So it was really hard to push through the COVID because you need, you need that passion, you know, like when shit hits the fan, you need that passion. And for me, it was really, really hard to push through with no passion because I didn't want it to begin with. So um, I just, I, I realized like, when I was forced to stop, I'm like, it made me realize how bad I really didn't want to go back to it. I'm like, I don't want this. I don't want this. Like, I don't want to even like lashes. Like, yeah, I'm a good educator, but I don't, I didn't like teaching lashes anymore. Like I have feel like I have done so much personal development and all that, that there's more to life than just lashes. You know, like I understand, like I love lashes. Don't get me wrong. You're used to love lashes. It was, I would live and breathe it. But after doing it for a decade, you're like, okay, like what's next? You know, like I went to conferences, I had a product line, I had a salon, I had the trainings, I had it all. And I just, I realized that it's, I didn't want it. I didn't want it anymore. So that was kind of the root of it all. I, so I remember whenever you first announced that you were moving, I was like, whoa, she did it. Like she does, she's doing what a lot of people kind of dream about doing, like just running away. But you you did it in a way where you're still connected, but you're doing it in a more aligned sense, like guiding and coaching and helping other people do what you did, basically, without having to be the one doing it. Um, But yeah, you were at every conference and you were speaking and you were a judge. And so I kind of wondered, is that hard for her to, in a way, step down or step away from those things that I feel like most of the time when we see somebody doing those things, we're like, wow, like she's incredible. She's at the top of the industry. Was it hard to, did you ever struggle with that? Like thinking, what are other people going to think or kind of, yeah. Did did you struggle with that? It was hard on the ego. It was definitely hard on the ego. And I feel like that's what was holding back my new business, my mentorship business was because I was holding on to it still. And only after having a conversation about less than a year and a half ago, it was with Cheryl from Untamed Artistry. Hi, Cheryl. Um, I had a talk with her and she really opened up my eyes because I felt like I was like pushing gas with one business, but pushing brakes with the other one. And it's like, it's so hard because it's like, you can't go. It's like, there's a blockage there. And she asked me, she's like, are you okay to accept that Aaliyah Lash has come this far? only to come this far and for me that was like boom like it was like a sword to my chest like I'm like oh like I'm like no I don't want to hear that I don't want to hear it and 
but it was what I needed to hear. And it was something that I've been running away from for so long. And I had all these ideas and I recorded before I left Canada, I recorded a brow lamination course. I recorded a lash lift course. I was going to launch a volume. I had all of these plans and ideas and I just didn't want to do any of it. I'm like, it's not there. I'm not excited. I don't want to do it. Like I actually hate it almost, you know? So um, when she said that it was, it really, really took, it was a hard pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. And once I finally accepted that, and I still run Real Lash, but we still have the online training programs and we have our dual lash training certification, but I'm not pushing it as much as I could. I'm only giving it maybe like two to 5% of my energy. So it's when I actually let go and I'm like, whatever happens, happens. That's when this new business starts to really take off. So that was kind of the tipping point for you was that conversation. It sounds like whenever you actually moved, was it hard? um, Was it hard personally, like bringing your kids into a new environment too? Or did it feel like, did you instantly feel peaceful or did that take a while too? And how did your kids feel? No, no, it was hard for a year and a half. I was really struggling um, mainly because I left and I didn't have anything. Like I didn't have a job anymore, you know, like I walked away from a salon and walked away for trainings. And now what do I do? And I did have my online training course, but it was in the in the development process. Like I was editing, I was getting all of it ready, marketing material. So that took a long time and I had no prior experience with launching a program. So online program. So it took me a year and a half to actually launch it. And um, so it was really, it was, that was, that was the hardest part for me. That was the hardest part for me is just starting from scratch and I don't know if you remember, but remember when we first started the lash industry, you know, people were asking, oh, what do you do? And it's like, oh, I do eyelash extensions. And people are like, oh, my God, what is she doing for a living? You know, like I went through that embarrassment phase again. Like I had to prove everybody all over again that I'm something because I've built a reputation. I've built myself in the lash industry. But now mentorship and like business coaching is completely different. So now I had to earn people's trust all over again in a completely different way. I had to learn completely different marketing. I had to learn everything all over again. Um, so it was it was a good like year, year and a half of me trying to find myself what it is. And I didn't even know that I was going to get into that field. I just went and I'm like, you know what? What's the worst that can happen? Like I, I literally went in with that mindset. I'm like, the worst that can happen is I can go back to Canada and go back. Like I'm anytime I can go back, the person who took over my salon, she's like, you're more than welcome to come back anytime. You know, I have friends that are like, Leah, come work, you know, work here and stuff like that. We have space for you. I can do it anytime. But to me, that was the worst case scenario. So I really give it my all to not be in that situation. And once I got a taste, like, you know, when you live in paradise, you can't unlive from paradise, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, and my kids were really my driving force, especially my son at the time. Um, because I was working so much, he was always on games 24-7, just games and games and games. And then over here, like, he's basketballaholic, if that makes sense. Like, he's playing basketball. My my kids are always, they're sweaty, they're dirty, they're, you know, letting their energies out. Like, they, they have the childhood that I had back home, you know, when I was growing up. You know, when I'm sure the same. They're, they don't have the regular childhood that kids nowadays have it's like okay you know just here you go just be careful my kids are like wild kids you know and that's what I wanted for them I wanted them to really have a true authentic childhood because 
we're adults for majority of our life, but we're only kids for how long, you know, and I really wanted them to have, you know, like rich memories to look back to for the rest of their life. That is really cool. I I almost feel like I'm getting choked up because it's so cool that you're doing, I know how you're describing like just how it is um, in a, in, you know, where like America and I'm, I guess Canada too, um, raising kids there is just kind of like, dang, it doesn't have, it doesn't feel like it should be like this. So I just, I really am so happy for you. It's so cool that you're doing this. Um, So I have a question about um, online education. Like that space seems like a lot of people went into it during COVID. Um, So what do you, what is your take on this? Because this came up in a recent episode that I did with Tress from Lashbox LA, who recently became um, a mentor. And what, what is your take on online education now um, in terms of what should students who are possibly looking for a coach or a mentor or a class, what should they be looking for? And then also, is there anything to, you know, somebody wanting to step into this space as an educator, do you have any advice for them before they begin? Okay, so I'm going to give like two point views, like one from a student <laughs> looking for an education uh, course online. I would recommend really look at the educator's history, what they have been able to achieve themselves, how they were they were able to build themselves, because there are a lot of online training courses out there that are creating their courses just because they don't have an income themselves right so that's a little bit of a red flag so see their history follow back on like what they have been able to do themselves also um it's easy to be or it might be hard but eventually like if you practice you can be a good artist but the skill set required to be an artist and the skill set required to be an educator are two completely different skill sets so just because someone has amazing work doesn't mean that they can train you to have amazing work. So there are a lot of very low-grade education uh, material out there. I'm not trying to put anyone down or anything like that, but just really don't just look at the title of the course and the cost of the course, but see if there's like a little bit of like sneak peeks inside of the course. Like how does the ed- educator teach? Like are they just showing you random things or do you have like different angles and pers- you know different ways to retain that information and knowledge it's not just about okay i watched the course four hours cool another certification give or take right there's you actually want to get something out of it that training is supposed to make you a better artist whether it's lash artist artist any type of uh profession so look at their history and look at how they teach and then most importantly actually watch the course because statistically proven only 10 percent of people that buy courses actually finish the courses so watch the course and not only that but re-watch the course so I think um now going back to the other lens as an educator um a lot of them look at it as like passive income passive income I make money while I sleep and people really glamorize it but they don't realize that and I have this issue with every single one of my mentees they think that just because you create a course you put it out there then all of a sudden money's gonna start flying in and that's not the way that it works. You have to be somebody. People have to look up to you. You have to have their trust. You have to have credibility. Um, you have to be an educator, have a good quality skill set. And most importantly, like this literally bumps up everything on the line I just listed, marketing. 
if you're not going to invest time and energy into marketing, it's not going to sell. You're going to create a course and you're going to create a course for like six months, maybe even a year. And it's just going to be time wasted. So I would recommend um, there's definitely easier ways to go about it. And I would recommend don't go all in. Don't create this ginormous course. Start with like a little bit, maybe like a specialty course, maybe like an advanced training on a specific material not like as opposed to creating like let's say a whole entire eyelash extension training program start with like a retention course or a styling course see how you like it see if it's for you see if there's even a demand for your trainings because that's what i see a lot of people doing is creating something that people don't want to buy because they haven't done the steps that i listed before they haven't built themselves and they haven't built their marketing beforehand so let's say they are um, they've created their course and they've started posting about it on social media, but no one's biting. What advice do you have for somebody um, before they give up? Like what what should they do to help convert more prospects to actual customers? Um, I would definitely recommend um, learning how to market before you even get started. So what a lot of people do is they take a step back. And this is a mistake I did in my business, my online training programs. I took a step back and I was working behind the scenes. And I remember at one point, it was really like four months. I didn't even show up on socials at all because I'm like, oh, I'm busy, busy creating my online course and my online course. And like, and then afterwards, I'm like, Leah, what are you doing with your business? They're literally going to think that you gave up on your business completely. And the reason why I'm sharing this with you is because I know a lot of people who are doing the same thing. Most likely, if you're listening to this right now, don't do that. Don't step away to create. Guide your customers, guide your potential clients through the journey. Show them what you're working on. Show the time, the effort, the energy, the resources that you're putting into it because you want to build that demand before you even launch it. So once you launch it, you have people that are ready to buy as opposed to taking a step back, build, build, build. And you're like, here you go, sign up. But why? Why should I sign up? So that's the main question. Um, going back to your question about what should they do once they actually launch, I would recommend um, definitely collaborating, getting them, getting their names out there with more people and more than anything, building the trust of their audience because there is, as you said, you know, so many training courses out there, but what makes you special? And at the end of the day, people are more likely to to buy from you if they actually have that trust regardless of the price tag that you put on it people will justify that price because they know that they're going to deliver value you know just like that the tiffany paper clip you know how much is it how much does it cost and people are buying it because it's tiffany right so build yourself as a brand first um it's going to be much easier to sell your trainings like that what has been some of your biggest struggles working virtually like not having to go into the office is it is there any struggles? Is it all great? Or is there any downsides to it? So I think the hardest part about um, working virtually was I had to learn how to be a tech person. I had to learn organization skills. I had to learn um, time management because no one's there on top of me. No one's there to be like, hey, Leah, if you don't do this, you're going to get fired. You know, also deadlines like if you don't have a deadline you will prolong the process for as long as you want to so i think that has been a little bit of a struggle is learning organization time management productivity and really learning how to eliminate all distractions 
because when you're working, whether it's from home or whatever, people don't really take you seriously. They're like, oh, she's on a computer. She can work whenever you want. But that's not the case. It's like, this is my time. This is like, I got to dive deep. I can't get distracted. And especially if you have kids, when I mean, you have kids, you know how it is working around kids. So that's definitely, I would say, is the biggest challenge is working around kids. Mm-hmm. What is um, the sweet spot for you in terms of like how many hours a day do you spend on administrative stuff? And then how much would you say actually like in the field actually with your mentees? So um, it really, it really depends. Like I, since my new lifestyle change and stuff like that, I decided that I really want to enjoy my business. And Sometimes I feel like working and sometimes I don't feel like working. So I allow myself to be very flexible. There will be times that I'm working like 12 hours nonstop. Doesn't happen too too often, but most of the times I work on average about like five hours a day. Um, I find anything more than that. I'm just forcing myself to push something out that's not productive. And one thing that I've noticed with myself and also speaking with my own mentors is the more you like working more doesn't necessarily mean doing more or you know doing the things that move the needle forward right so i realized the power and really stepping back and having a balance whatever that balance is to you that balance doesn't need, need, need to be you know five hours working five hours enjoying you know whatever that balance is it might be working you know five days a week straight and then completely detaching for two days like zero percent don't even touch your phone so whatever the definition of your balance is but I found that that's when all the the gems, the creative ideas start flowing, uh, <laughs> start flowing in. And um, um, another thing that really helped me is um, allocating time for administrative stuff and also for my mentees. So before I was really scattered, I'm like, okay, like five, six days a week, I'll do mentorship. And I realized that I was slowly starting to fall back into my old pattern, which is like working all the time. And that's why I'm like, no, 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 Leah. Like I have, a, I, have a, I have a phobia of going back into my old pattern. So I'm like, okay, what are you going to do right now? And that's when I raise my prices. Um, I charge double of what I used to charge last year and um, getting my time back without cutting back on my finances. So on average, I work around like 25 hours a week, I would say. And sometimes I have admin days, but I also have like growth days. So it's not just like working on administrative tasks in your business, but also growing your business. Like, are you creating new things? Are you expanding your team? Are you creating new courses and stuff like that? And I really, really love, like, I love educating. I love teaching and I love creating new programs. So that's kind of the direction that my business has taken. And it's my biggest passion. I like I love 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 creating programs so I do a lot of that and always like finding ways and strategies to improve my my mentorship and the way that the structure of how I train my students to get the most results for them so you mentioned something that I I love talking about too of like the the tasks that just are um, kind of spinning the wheels tasks, like the ones you have to get done, such as like if you have a team, payroll or inventory, right? If you have a salon. But there's other tasks that I don't know a good word for it, but I've always called them like forward motion task or something um, where it's something that you're doing for a future thing. So yeah, I, I always try to mix in the two because it could be really easy to just stay doing like the spinning the wheels 
type of tasks and not advancing at all. And I find the ones that are advancing you are the ones that are easier to work on sometimes because they're like fun and you get to dream and plan, but you could also get too much in that state of mind where you're almost too floaty and too just planning it and not actually doing it. So it's you've got to have a balance of both of them to be able to really have a successful steady business that is like climbing. 100%. And recently I started calling myself the lazy entrepreneur. So I'm always looking for ways to not necessarily cut corners, but make my life and my business easier. And I realized like before, back in the days, I would just so overcomplicate things or like found ways to do things that's just so time consuming and just not efficient. And now I have created like my system on the back end is so like, copy paste almost and so um like streamlined and i have amazing team members that's something that i would have recommend it's like if you're doing it all on your own don't do it because bragging about wearing multiple hats and your business is not a brag it's a it's a limitation so really really making sure that you have the right team behind you and even before like the beginning of this year my goal was not like to hit a certain number my goal was like, I need solid systems. I need a solid team to be able to take my business to this number. Because if I just hit that number, I'm going to go right back into my old patterns. Mm -hmm. So I was really, really focusing on creating that structure where I can grow and sustain the growth without burning it all to the ground all over again. And um, so marketing, like a lot of people dread marketing and they think it's so hard and time consuming you just have to take a little bit of a step back, restructure it, and it's not. It doesn't need to be hard. We make it hard. You know, like the way that you market, the systems that you use to market, it doesn't have to be hard. You know, if you choose to make it easy, you can make it easy. So I'd like to ask you also about your dual certification courses. Tell me about how that came about and how it's currently going. So how it came about... um. I'm a person that doesn't believe in learning eyelash extensions from scratch from an online course. I don't because, I mean, girl, you're working with tweezers in your eyeballs, like enough said. <laughs> so, but at the same time, my course is really, really bomb for beginners. So I'm like, okay, there's something missing. And I would have people ask me like, do you do in-person courses? Do you do in-person? And I'm like, it's just something felt like it was missing. And I know when I was training, like when I was doing in-person courses, I was burnt out from from theory, not the hands-on part. It's from theory. The theory was so boring for me. You know, like, oh, these are the different lash phases and this is how many lashes we have per eye. And like, it's boring. Like, I don't, like, let's get hands-on. Let's get down and dirty. So I'm like, okay, there has to be a way to really teach students very, very thoroughly in depth without overwhelming them because that's another thing i've noticed in my past trainings is i had too much information but that doesn't necessarily benefit them and it can actually do the complete opposite so i'm like how do you give them a lot of value really set them up for success without withholding information without overwhelming them with information so just like i was like thinking what do i do and then on top of that i'm not there physically to teach them like i'm, I'm retired i'm no longer teaching eyelash extensions so I'm like, what can I do? And that's where the idea came in. You know, 
if I just, again, the ego was there. I'm like, if I just eliminate the ego and become open with taking a cut from my, how much I can make online and offer this new training program with educators that are very highly skilled. So that way it's not just me. It's not just Leah, the brand and the educators. Now we have other educators as well. But then I was also thinking like, I don't want to own my educators because I remember back in the days I've been approached by every single top notch lash company you could ever think of. They even flew me out to their States to try to like get me. But um, I've been approached by them and all of them needed some sort of contracts where they own you and you were very like limited. You're just them, their brand. And I didn't want that. I didn't like that. I'm like, I want my educators to have do not like even I'm calling them my educators because I'm attached to them, but they're not my educators. They are their own educators. So what they're only doing is they're licensing my program to teach as a part of their curriculum. So it's literally a triple triple bird, triple win for all of us. I'm getting paid for the licensing. They the educators are cutting down an entire day of training of not needing to teach theory. They don't need to create manuals. They don't need to create PowerPoints and all these. Like if they want to, that's their choice. They can. But they don't need to because the course is finished and complete. So the student just comes in and they just get trained hands on. So the educator wins. Also, by saving that day, they make more money because the training is not three days. Now it's only two days. Or if it's a two day training, now it's only one day in person. And the student doesn't get overwhelmed because they can learn at their own time. They don't have to learn it all at once. And they can rewatch. They have one year course access. So they don't get bombarded with information. They got overwhelmed. They can rewatch it at any time, as many times as you want. So honestly, I feel like it's my greatest accomplishment was the dual training certification program. Every single one of the educators that came on the team, none of them have left so far. They all love it. And they're all coming back. They're like, Leah, send us the code. Here you go. Here's the code. Boom. Another educator, another student. So I love it. It's really, really an amazing program for all of us. No, that's incredible. Um, I agree with you. A lot of beginner courses, like it's just information overload. And almost everyone thinks it's it's funny because in a when you go to a more advanced course, sometimes you hear or every single time I've been in a class, I've heard some students say, oh, I never learned this. No one ever taught me this. And part of me goes, Maybe you did get told this before, but your brain wouldn't allow you to retain that information because it only could take so much. And so I always felt bad for the people who were teaching beginner courses because I'm like, you're always going to get that. You're always going to have that reputation of not being as thorough as it could have been because it was a beginner course and a foundation course. And so I love the idea. I think that's awesome. So how... How do they enroll in a course like that? Do they, um, they can basically purchase from either you or the other educator, or is it just through them? Just through the educators. I wash my hands off of it because, again, I want simplicity. I don't want too much work. It has to, for me, the way I approach business now is how much effort do you need to put into it and what is the return from it? And I'm very, very protective of my time and my energy. So the educators do everything. They they talk, they get them in. Um, if, stu- if students want to contact me, they can always contact me and reach out as well. But I don't I do not do any of the transactions. The educators do all of that. The educators just get uh, billed for the licensing. That's it. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And we also help the, the educators with their marketing. So if on the Lealash page, it's not me anymore and my work. It's really repurposed marketing from all the other educators that we have. It's not just me. So that 
check marks another one of the boxes mm-hmm. make their life easier. So cool. You are you are living the dream. Um and you're helping so many people by the way, which is which is awesome that you're still doing that. So for anyone looking to get in touch with you, where can they do that? So you can reach out to me through DMs. Just tell me how you like this podcast. Tell me what you thought of it. Tell me if you can relate. I'm not for just sales, sales, sales and sign up with me. Of course, if you want to work with me, we can talk about that. But I would really love your feedback in regards to this podcast. And I really want to spread the message that entrepreneurship doesn't have to be hard It definitely has its ups and downs, but it doesn't have to stay in the downs. You know, like I've gone through times where it was a little bit more challenging than the other ones. But the main thing is don't stay in that zone. If you feel like you're struggling, if you feel like something is not going right, figure out ways how, figure out ways why. So we can definitely talk about that. Feel free to reach out to me and I would love to hear your feedback. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show again. It was such a pleasure. I am so happy for you. And yeah, just thank you. Thank you.